0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فامَّا الْإِنْسَانُ إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ رَبُّهُ فَأَكْرَمَهُ وَنَعَّمَهُ فَيَقُولُ رَبِّي أَكْرَمَنِ وَأَمَّا إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ فَقَدَرَ عَلَيْهِ رِزْقَهُ فَيَقُولُ رَبِّي أَهَانَنَ كَلَّا بَل لَّا تُكْرِمُونَ الْيَتِيمَ وَلَا تُحَاضُّونَ عَلَى طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينِ
1: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد اشرح لي صدري لي امري من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم dear brothers and sisters we'll continue inshallah today this series of tafsir sessions last time last time we started surat al-fajr we began the Tafsir of Surat Al-Fajr and according to the order of Revelation let me just repeat this Surat Al-Fajr comes Surah number 10 in the order of Revelation after Surat uh, Iqra Al-Alaq Surah Al-Muddathir Surah, Surah Al-Qalam Surah Al-Muddathir uh, I'm sorry Surah Al-Muzzammil then we had Surat Al-Fatiha then Surat Al-Masad then we had Surat Al takweer then Surat Al A'la, then we had Surat Al Layl wa Layli yaghsha. and we started Surat Al Fajr. And note that this Surah, as I said last time, this was the last Surah revealed just right before a gap. There was a gap in the Wahi. So the Wahi came to Prophet continuously, starting from Surat Al Alaq, there is continued to be revealed. All of these surahs were revealed until Surat Al-Fajr. After Surat Al-Fajr, there was a gap, there was a time when wahi was not revealed. So that's one of the characteristics of the surah we should uh, bear in mind. Right after the surah, we'll look at Surat Al-Duha, that's the surah which came immediately after that gap. And also last time, when I talked about the surah, I spent a good amount of time to explain the meaning of the oath, the qasam where Allah Azza wa makes this oath Walayal in Ashr. He makes an oath, a swear, I swear by al-fajr, that's the dawn time, the time when the night uh, is, is over and the fajr. Just before the light comes out, there is this as if the word fajr means the explosion of the darkness. So darkness explodes and out of this darkness pops out al-fajr. Pops out and then makes an oath with 10 nights, in ashr. And I mentioned that 10 nights, it comes in this uh, manner, in Arabic language called nakira nakira means just any 10 nights. So it doesn't have to be the 10 nights of Ramadan or the 10 nights right before Hajj. It could be any of these nights or it could be just number. And then Wal والوتر, the number, the even numbers and the odd numbers, and ida and by the night when the night leaves or departs the, the universe, and then the, the day comes in. And note that this surah comes after surah al-layl, where Allah azza wa makes the same oath. He swears by al-layl, by the night, and by the day. Here he swears by the fajr, the dawn, and when the dawn, when the night leaves. So it's almost the same. So there is an emphasis here on this circulation between night and day, between night and Fajr, if you will, and night when the night takes over, and here when the night leaves, wallayli idha yasri. And then last time I also mentioned that this Qasim or this oath, Allah Azza wa Jal makes a challenge to the people, to anyone who has a brain, who has a a mind, hijr, and hijr means the one who uses his mind, the one with good brain. Anyone with good brain can understand the meaning of the oath, and it's, it's, it's a question, it's a challenge. And then there is a hint. I said the, the Quran puts this hint, Alam tara, تَرَى Don't you see what Allah Azza wa has done to the people of Aad? Don't you see what Allah Azza wa has done to the people of Thamud? Don't you see what Allah Azza wa has done to the people of Pharaoh? If you understand and you know the fact that these people of Aad and the people of Thamud and the people of Pharaoh, they were so oppressive, They were so tyrant. In fact, the Quran talks about that. Those who have caused lots of corruption, lots of tyranny, and they make corruption so huge, so abundant, so numerous. Then Allah Azza wa Jal, He replaced that tyranny, that oppression, He replaced it with something different. He removed the oppression and the tyranny of Ad and Thamud and Fir'aun, and be sure that this long night of oppression does not prevail and that is the essence of the qasam that is the essence of the of this oath that allah azza wa saying i swear by the fajr the dawn will come out the night will not continue will, will not be there forever even if you have so many of them so multiple of them 10 nights uh, odd and even more even numbers more odd numbers which means 10 lights, uh, 14 lights, 15 lights, as much, as many as you want. Whether it's people of Aad, people of Thamud, people of Pharaoh, or today even, the oppressive regimes in Syria, the oppressive regimes in, uh, in Pakistan, in Bangladesh, where many people are being persecuted, in Burma, and in the world at large, in Afghanistan. No matter how many oppressive regimes and tyranny there exist in the world, Al-Fajr, the dawn will come out. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ Allah Azza is always watchful and He is there to, to observe tyranny. When tyranny comes in, when tyranny takes over, Allah will make sure that this tyranny and this oppression does not last. Yes, it will take a toll on the people. Yes, it will take some, uh, 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 some cost upon the people before this is removed. But at the end of the day, tyranny and oppression will not prevail. And now going to the next ayat. Where it says, Fa'amal Insanu Ida Mabtalahu Rabbuhu Faakramahu wana amahu Fayakulu Rabbi Akraman. Wa ammah ida mabtalahu faqadara alayhi as far as the human is concerned, al-insan is a human. People, any people, any person, man, woman, it doesn't matter, in the previous ayah, Allah made it specific. The male and female. Here he puts it in the general term, Al Insan. Al Insan the way he behaves, whenever Allah Azza wa whenever Allah Azza wa provides him with some, with something good, some benefit, some money, some wealth. فَأَمَّا الْإِنْسَانِ إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ رَبُّهُ When Allah Azza wa tests him, there is a test here, and I will go into the detail of this in a second. When Allah Azza wa tests someone. And provides him with wealth, with something good, this person will be so happy. Say, oh, now I am enjoying the wealth that my God has given me. He says, my Rab is honoring me, is giving me honor, he's bestowing a favor upon me. On the contrary, if, if he tests him again and he reduces his risk, Qadar means he puts a limit, a cap on his risk. So the risk now, human would say, that, in sense, say, oh, my God now is dishonoring me. Qala Rabbi Ahanan. Ahanan means that he is looking down at me. He's putting me down. He's humiliating me. Al Ihana is a humiliation. He's humiliating me. He's not giving me a favor, not bestowing his favor upon me. That is how the human behaves. Then Allah Azza wa says, Kalla, this word Kalla means no, that's not how you should look at things. This is how the human perceives the notion of wealth or power or support. You are in good position, you have power, you have money, you have wealth, oh I am happy, I am okay, I am good. MashaAllah, everything, I have a good house, I have a good car, I have a good salary, I have good money, I have a good farm, I have all of this, that's... Typical, you start bragging about how nice your life is. You get a little bit, you get laid off, you lose your business, then you start looking all types of miserable ways of expressing yourself that you are in desperate situation. Allah Azza wa Jal says, no, that's not how it should be. That is the wording of the ayah. Let's go back and see what does this all mean. Number one, it starts with this issue. When Allah makes a test, Ibtila, Ibtila means I put you on trial. And in this case, Allah is putting the trial in terms of wealth and the providence. Either the bala or the test, either by giving you wealth or by taking it away from you. Either way, it's Ibtila. Either way, it's a test. In fact, this ibtila the word ibtila ibtala bala all of this comes is derived from the word from the root word bala or baliya or ibtala all of this is this root means that there is a test i am putting you under test in the quran in surah tabaarakalladhi biyadihi almulk there is a surah where allah azza wa Jal says walhayata ayyukum ahsanu amala allah made the whole creation of life and death so that he will test, he will bring the goodness out of you whether you do good or you do bad. يبلو It's the same derivative, it's the same word. ليبلوكم. Allah made the creation of life and death. He makes your life, he takes your life away from you. He provides your life, he takes it away. He, you have a child, that's life, your child dies, he takes it away, that's ibtila. So life and death is ibtila Allah makes this ibtila means it's a test. Test for what? ayyukum أحسن وعمله He wants to see how you perform, how you perceive this ibtila whether you can pass or you do not pass. In this ayah, the same thing, talking about أما إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ رَبُّهُ The insan when Allah Azza wa Jalla makes ibtila for him, whether by providing wealth or by taking it away. In another place, Allah repeats the same thing when He says min We created the human From the sperm, from the sperm of the man, amshaj, A sperm that gets mixed with the, with the woman uh, 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 egg, if you will, that's at least in the explanation. This is how the creation comes in inna min nutfatin amshajin we are testing this human fa ja'alnahu samian basira we give you the, the eyes and the sight we give you the ears these these are the facilities of understanding so you can pass or fail the test and it's repeated in many places in surah al-qalam which we talk, talked about earlier where Allah brings this word again, we made bala to them, referring to Quraysh, exactly as we made a test or a bala to the people who had once a garden. And you remember we talked about this at length. There are people who have Allah gave them a garden, it has lots of fruits, it has lots of vegetables, everything is abundant. Then, And of course, it's a test. And those people of the garden, they decided at one time that they will not provide anyone from the miskin, from the poor, from the people who need it, they will not allow them to access this garden. Then of course Allah Azza reversed that, and the whole garden was destroyed. And those things are repeated time and time in the Quran. So this is a place here, where is, it's a lesson number one for the Sahaba. This is Muslims, remember we said, Muslims were in the house of Arkham, they were deprived of all types of power, their wealth is being confiscated. And I mentioned last time where Abu Jahal says, I swear that anyone who takes the deen of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, anyone who, co- who converts to Islam, we will do the following to him. If he's a merchant, we will make sure that his commerce will lose. We'll go against his, his commerce and, and, uh, 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 and trade and we'll make him lose. If he's a person with honor, we'll go against him and dishonor him. If he's a weak person like, like Ammar or Yasser or Bilal, we will beat him up until death. That's what the strategy saw. So the Muslims were in desperate situation. Here Allah Azza wa is telling them, look, even before you proceed, let's understand one thing. That it doesn't matter whether you have the power or not. Whether you have the wealth or not. If you don't have the power today, there will come a day when you will have power. Just like the people of Pharaoh, they were eliminated and then the Bani Israel, they were the inheritance of the power of Pharaoh. So that will be replaced, that will change. And we said there is a dynamic issue in the societies here. The societies are not static, there is dynamic order. So, But it doesn't matter whether you are weak or strong, whether you are in charge or someone is over you, whether you have the power or you are being empowered. Either way, whether this is the case or that one, what you should understand is that this is a test from Allah Azza wa Jal. He wants to see how you perform in each and every situation, because sometimes even we as engineers, we say, well, I have this phone or this system, we design it. It performs excellent. It performs good when the conditions are okay in room temperature, when there is no, not too much pressure, when the signals around are plenty, it performs good. But that's not how you should test it. You should test it in normal conditions. You should test it also in extreme in, in extreme heat, and that's what we do in our company. Sometimes we bring the equipment. We put we actually put the the heat gun on it. We keep pouring on it until this thing heats up for let's say uh, 100 degrees or even more, and then I want to see whether it performs or not. And then we take it into freezing conditions. Put it in minus. Uh, 50 or 70 degrees And see whether it performs or not So you have to see Whether this system That Allah Azza created Which is us now The insan How do we perform In poverty And in well-being How do we perform Whether we are weak or whether we are strong, whether we are in power or whether we are not in power. The first ayat, they talked about the case when the tyranny of Faraon and the tyranny of Quraysh and the tyranny of Bashar al-Assad and the tyranny in Afghanistan, the tyranny in Bangladesh prevails. Then, how do the Muslims behave? Am I going to rush? To someone who is my enemy, to put my hand in, my, in the hand of the enemy, so that I get support, or I will continue to rely on Allah Azza wa Jalla. And this is specifically, I'm addressing this to the brothers in Syria. You are the brothers in Syria are in desperate situation. Bashar al-Assad is using all types of tyranny. Today I was watching a, a piece of news where chemical weapons and gases and all destructive weapons have been used. It's not they won't have been used, and the people are desperate. And they are being cornered and pushed day after day, go and seek the support of the NATO and the Security Council so that they give you, give you help. They are in desperate situation. It's a test whether they will look up to Allah Azza wa as the one and only one source of support or they will start looking all over. That's what the Sahaba at the time of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Mecca, they were in this desperate situation. Allah Azza wa is directing their attention that it's Allah Azza wa Jal who is the one who changed and replaced He He's the one who took the power of He He's the one who took the power of Ad, He's the one who took the power of Thamud. And he is Bil Mirsad and he's watching. And he is the one who will enable those Muslims to take care of the power of Quraysh and Mecca so Quraysh will no longer prevail against them. So you have to continuously make tawakkul upon Allah. Make the reliance upon Allah. Make the dependence upon Allah wa And perform the good deed. As in the other ayah which uh, in surah tabarak. الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا. Whether it's life or death. Whether it's poverty or well-being. And this ayat where he says فأما الإنسان إذا مبتله ربه. When Allah عز وجل makes this ibtila He makes this test, Uh, the human, the way the human uh, uh, acts, he says, oh, now I am so happy. He looks at the result of the wealth. He does not look at the process. He looks, now I have enough money, now I have wealth. Allah Azza wa doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to look at the process. The process here is that you are being tested by Allah Azza wa to see how much you can do, how good you are going to do with your wealth. Not... In fact, the next ayat that we will Kalla Ah, now you have too much wealth But you do not honor the orphans You don't pay You don't feed the poor You don't do the miskin You don't try to help That's the point The point is not whether you have wealth or not Allah Azza wa Jal provides the wealth You don't get the wealth I don't create the wealth from scratch Even though I acquire it But the fact that I acquire the wealth Does not mean I make it the wealth is created by Allah Azza wa and designated. Allah Azza wa is the one who enables the people to get the wealth. And the same thing as the power. In fact, there is an ayah in Surah Al-Imran where he says, humma man man Allah, you are the one who owns the kingdomship, the power, the authority. It's within your reach, within your hand, within your control. You distribute that, you give it to this one, and you take it away from this one. So today you are in power, tomorrow he is in power. Today Faraon is in power, tomorrow the, the, the people of Ben Israel are in power. Today Quraish is in power, the next day is Muhammad Wasallam and the Muslims are in power. من من so Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who distributes this power over people in different times and you will see how you are going to do with that power. So that's the first ayat talked about the power. The next ayat which goes along the same line, this is not different. Because power has two branches mainly. It's either the authority or the wealth or both. Because that's what the human's power or the survivalistic instinct—that's what you are looking for to look for your survival, to look for your superiority, to look for your 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 power, your 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 elegance. You need two things: authority, or at least you don't want a tyrant to be on top of you, and you look for money, wealth. So wealth and authority are the two components of the ultimate power. The first few I had dealt with the authority, and with the with that type of tyranny. Or, or or aggression that Pharaoh and Ad and Thamud do. The next ayat here deal with the money. فَأَمَّا الْإِنْسَانُ إِذَا رَبُّهُ فَأَكْرَمَهُ وَنَعَمَهُ The human, the insan, when Allah Azza wa Jal, he makes a test against him, ابتلاه, not necessarily against in the sense that opposition, but he is putting you under test with wealth. The human fails. Now, of course, the human fails. Not every human. Not every insan, the insan who does not understand the test, he will fail. The, the insan who understands the test and does not accept it, he will fail. This ayah is talking about insan in general. In another place in Surah al maarij Allah Azza wa Jal makes it more specific. The insan, the insan, still the same thing, the insan, he is always in, 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 in a state of mind which is unstable. Halu'ah. Halu'ah means he is always looking for something different, for something he's, he's worried. Halu'ah means he's internally worried, unstable, no tranquility. الشر, if he has a shar, shar means evil, poverty, you don't have enough wealth. Then you are jazoor. You are absolutely in terrible situation. You don't like it. You are frustrated. You pour your frustration upon your people. That's what jazoor. Whether messa or And if you get khayr, something khayr, you get it. Manua, you start preventing this khayr from reaching people. Illa al He makes exception there. In the other surah, he makes the exception. Illa al Except those who bow down to Allah azza wa jal with prayer. Those ones, they don't do that. In this ayah, he keeps it general so that the Muslims, those Sahaba, will take a note that they should not be in this situation. He says, Amal insan, the insan, he acts in the following manner. If Allah provides you with a test, gives you the test, and under the test, he gives you lots of wealth, then you say, Oh, I am doing well. And you start bragging about your wealth. Just like Qarun. Qarun was from the people of Bani Israel at the time of Firaun. He, When he got the lots of wealth, he was bragging. I now have extra amount, of, I mean, extravaganza type of wealth. Beyond the limit of the people, beyond your imagination. I have too much of it. And Allah Azza wa Jal asked him and told them, him, Don't be so happy. About that, don't be so arrogant. Tafrah means happiness with arrogance. Don't be arrogant with with this because of this money. In Allah لا يحب الفريحين, Allah Azza wa Jalla wants you to. وابتغي فيما آتاك الله الدار الآخرة ولا تنس نصيبك من الدنيا. Whatever Allah Azza wa Jalla has given you, seek your next life. And don't forget the fact that you are living in this world. So this is how the human should be, the insan according to Allah Azza wa This is how you should pass the test. Allah gave me wealth. Okay, it's from Allah, number one, I have to recognize that. Number two, I have to provide people whom Allah Azza wa told me to give. There is a zakah, there is poor, there are miskins, there are items, there are orphans. There are all types of people who need this wealth, I better pay. I shouldn't say, I got it because of my knowledge, my skills, I am better than you all, I am uh, uh, this engineer, I am this designer, I am good in business, I have skills, therefore I got all of this wealth with my skills, so I'm not going to pay anyone. Don't do that. And that for the Sahaba, who were in the house of Arqam, it was a lesson for them. Remember, those are values Allah Azza wa is injecting in the hearts and the minds of the people, of the Muslims, as they come into Islam. They are just became Muslims. They become Muslims. Islam is in you. And Allah is giving them these ideas and concepts one after another, slowly and easily, but surely. So those concepts about life and death, about wealth and poverty, they have to come with the Aqeedah. So it's not enough to say, I have aqeedah, I believe in Allah Azza wa Yes, I believe in Allah Azza wa but that belief in Allah Azza wa must provide me with some concepts about life. It must generate for me some ideas and some thoughts, some emotions, so now I can proceed in my life the way Allah Azza wa wants me. So that's a concept for the people, for the Muslims to understand. And it is also, it is also a condemnation of the current value system in the society in which Muslims live. The Muslims used to live in the society of Mecca, that's how they approach things. If they are poor, they don't have anything, they are absolutely in no stability, no tranquility, no happy, they, don't, they feel miserable. If they are rich, then they deprive others and they oppress others. That's bad. So Allah is putting this in this manner it's a negative connotation here This type of mentality is not acceptable That is a connotation from the Quran that this value that's not how to construct societies that's not what how you build humanity that's not how the humans should live you should not Act upon wealth or lack of wealth in this manner. You have always to act in the manner that Allah is putting you to see how you are going to perform on what basis you will perform. What are the bases that you perform? Comes in the next ayah. It says kalla. That's where they stop after he made these two ayats. Says no, and this is the style of the Quran, which is very interesting style. He puts some statements. This is how the people perceive the issue of poverty and wealth. No, that you should not do that. Kalla, that's not how you should look at things. Kalla, that's not what was meant by the test. What is going on? What is it that you want? Now, what Allah Azza wa wants from the people, whenever it comes, especially when you have the wealth, Leave alone because once you are poor, there is not much you can do except that you have to work for your wealth and to be patient and to be persistent and to try to get your rights. But once you have the power and the wealth, Aha, there is the catch. So when you are rich and when Allah provides you with wealth, look at how you behave. And Allah is bringing the negative behavior here, He's not bringing the positive behavior. He's not saying what the good people should be doing. That's different, that's, that comes later. And that's very important to understand. At the time when the Muslims were in Mecca, when they were poor, and they were deprived, and they were powerless, and they were not in charge of the society, their value system is not the one that's being used. The value system of Islam is not the one that prevails in Mecca. The value system in Mecca, it was the values of Quraysh. It was the value of jahili. It was the value of ignorance. It was the value of the shirk. It was the value of uh, today like secularism. It's the values of capitalism. It's the values of all of these type of isms. It's the value of liberalism. It's the value of nationalism. These are the values which were prevailing. It's not the values of Islam. So the issue to be directed at the current values of the society. Don't ask me what are my values. Because I'm not in charge now. But let me tell you what the values of the society are when you are in charge. When you have the power, when Mecca is in charge, when Firaun is in charge, when the people of Aad are in charge, when the people of Thamud are in charge, when the United States is in charge, when capitalism is in charge, when Russia is in charge, when France is in charge, let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you about the poverty. Let me tell you about the people who are deprived. Let me t- tell you about the social diseases. Let me tell you about the double scales, the dual scales in measurements. Let me t- tell you about the mischief. Let me tell you about all of these. Number one. Number one, anyone who is yatim. Yatim is an orphan. And orphan, by definition, by default, orphan when a person is left without his support, without the father who is supposed to be The one who provides. Now maybe the orphan, when his father died, he left a big wealth for him. Possible. Let's say you have a child who is five years or six years old. His father was a millionaire, he dies. But this child is not in control of his wealth. That's what an orphan means. An orphan is a person who is not in control of his wealth if he has it. If he doesn't have it, then he is an orphan and a poor. But an orphan, whether the orphan is poor or rich, an orphan is powerless. Has no control whatsoever on his faith, on his wealth, on his money, on the way he grows, on his education, on his medication. He is absolutely powerless. And in this ayah it says, "Kalla tukrimun al yatim." He doesn't say you don't feed the orphan. He says you don't, you don't dignify the orphan. The orphan in your society, when, he, when his father leaves him, his support leaves him behind, then that orphan is helpless, is supportless, and that society, the society of Mecca, the society of individualism, if you will, because it's individualism, I, it's myself, it's my power, it's my ability. I don't care about that child or that child or that child if he doesn't have the support, in fact, that society tends to enslave the orphans tends to enslave them because he's an orphan he's powerless then they they become targets for the society to take them and enslave them and they grow up as slaves and there are many in fact Zaid bin Haritha was one of those people he was not literally orphan but for us for a time he was departed from his father his father was not around him so the Mushrikeen or the, the, those people, the merchants, they grabbed him and they sold him in Mecca. And from Mecca, he ended up with the Prophet ﷺ. Because he was, at one point of time, he was helpless. He was a person without power. He was a, he was a child without power. So they got him, they grabbed him, he became a slave. So that is the type of things Allah says, with the wealth that you have, with the power you have, no matter how much power, this is what you do. There are people who are helpless and powerless. You take advantage of them. Kalla, bal la, al yatim, which is very negative value. And the moment, the moment you dishonor or you disdignify, dignify, you disintegrate, and you don't provide the integrity for an orphan, that means you are killing the humanity at its best. Because this is a human who has not done anything wrong. This is a human who has not. Ag- uh, made any aggression against you and you are taking advantage of him. That is bad. That's a negative value that the Quran is tackling and continuously pushing against in the society of Mecca. In the second ayah, there is a difference between you don't feed the poor or you don't even encourage the feeding of the poor. So you went to the extent extent that your systems, your laws, they don't have that support system for the poor. It's not that you are not feeding. You are not feeding. You are not paying. You are leaving the poor behind, but more so you don't have what it takes to allow the system and the people and those who have wealth to provide and feed the poor. You do not encourage feeding the poor. You do not push for feeding the poor. You do not employ systems or laws or regulations or values in order to feed the poor. That's why poverty cannot be resolved. See, poverty, quite often it's possible that people become poor. There are wars, there are droughts, there are famines. famines that take place, and then products will be will be scarce, it's possible. And people may become poor. But if you have a system or laws or values that says I'm not going to allow my neighbor to be poor. I cannot allow a person in my neighborhood to go hungry. It's against my values, as the Prophet when he when, when he makes in the hadith, any group of people living in a certain community, they go to bed and one of them is hungry, Allah Azza wa will be bari' from them. Bari' means he disowns them, he disassociates himself from them. He does not accept them, he doesn't like them. You make it all those meanings of baraa from Allah Azza wa Jal against these people. That's value, that's value. But in the society, if your value, if I am okay, my family is okay, I don't care about my neighbor, whether he is, he, if he doesn't, food, doesn't have food, doesn't have apartment, he goes to the street homeless. That's okay, let him be homeless. It doesn't hit a nerve in the society if the number of home, homeless people grow. That is wrong. That's what the Quran is saying. Now, why? What is the reason for that? Because your nature, the way you do that, because the money the wealth you have all your purpose in life is to accumulate wealth your purpose in life becomes to accumulate wealth that's how it was in Mecca that's how it is here in America when somebody has two hundred billion dollars come on, what's two hundred what's hundred what's a billion dollar getting in your account and you brag I'm a billionaire there are 10 one of the then out of the first 50 billionaires in the in the world, they are from Arabia, from the Arab world, Muslims. Billionaire. He has billion. That's what the Quran is talking about. Ta'akuluna You are accumulating wealth for the sake of accumulating the wealth. What are you going to do with a billion dollars? How much you are going to eat? How many palaces you are you, you are going to have? How many women, if you are womanizing, how many things, how many suits, how many cars, how many, how many, no matter how much, you still have plenty of wealth and more. That is a value in the society that should not prevail, accumulating the wealth for the sake of wealth. Wealth should always be regenerated, should be redistributed in the society. It should go back to the people, go back to the humans, go back to the to the market, go back so that everybody is going to use that wealth. It's not the accumulation for the sake of accumulation. And then this lust for money. The people, and those are values. It depends. If you grow in a society like this society that Allah was creating out of the Sahaba, those Sahaba who were, Allah is teaching them and feeding them with these ideas, they grow in Medina and they go to Medina and later on they are the ones. Whatever in their pocket they get it out. They don't want to keep things. They are. They need the money so that they can survive and they can do the da'wah for It's not. They don't. They did not. They did not develop this type of lust, if you will, this emotional attachment to money and wealth. Yes, they had the wealth. Uthman did have a lot of it, but his wealth has always been back in the market. Abdurrahman bin Awf he had wealth but his wealth was always back in the market back to the people they did not develop this zeal this internal type of lust and love for the the, the attachment to the wealth that was not characteristics of the muslim this was the characteristic of the society of kufr so those things that these ayat are talking about and addressing this issue it provides us with a method now because When I live in a society like in Jordan, in Saudi Arabia, in Qatar, in Pakistan, in Bangladesh, and I look around, there are millions of people who are hungry. There are millions of people who are suffering. There are millions of people who don't have any, who don't have even food for the day. They are hungry. Then, I remember this ayat. Say, Allah Azza wa Jal, he wants to, this Islam, Not only to be that Islam to say, oh, brothers, let's go someplace and let's have a prayer, which is good. We have to have a prayer. But it's beyond that. It's beyond that. See, at the beginning of the rise of Islam, this is the rise of Islam. Islam is rising. The method of Islam in this case is to pinpoint those fallacies and those illnesses of the society that deprives people of their basic rights. Because that's what, the, what matters at the end of the day. You pray, you please Allah Azza wa Jal. Between you and Allah Azza wa But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there is something in you. There is your stomach that needs to be fed. There is your honor that has to be preserved. There is your integrity as a man, as a human, that has to be protected. So all of this is there. So what Islam comes in, in order to bring these issues up and say, that's what Islam cares is about. Islam does not only care about I want to drag you so that I change your dress so you dress in in, in a gown instead of a pen pant, pants or shirts that's beyond the issue Islam comes here in order to resolve the issues that you suffer from and those issues that you suffer from are when the weak at his weakest at his weakest position which is an orphan an orphan is a person who is at Absolute weakest because he has just been left without his support, his father. He's an orphan. Then that orphan requires the biggest support and biggest aid. That's why the Prophet later now, now pay attention. At this in this place, Allah does not even say what the Muslims will do, doesn't say what Islam will do. He doesn't bring this issue. Later on, the Prophet ﷺ says, yatimi fil Jannah. I and the one who protects and sponsors an orphan, both of us will go to Jannah. He will come with me. The protector and the sponsor of an orphan will go to Jannah with me side and side. And he makes his fingers like this. But that's later. That's when now Muhammad ﷺ and Islam is saying, let me tell you how my society is going to be. Let me tell you how we are going to live in the society and how we build our society. That comes later. That's the time when the Prophet ﷺ was according to hadith of one of the Sahaba. He says, La I kept listening from the Prophet and hearing the Prophet saying, take good care of your neighbor, be nice to your neighbor, and make sure that your neighbor is happy with you I thought that at one point you will say your neighbor has the right to inherit you. To that extent. That's later. But now, when Islam was still rising, when the Muslims are still deprived, when the Muslims are still weak, when Quraysh are still as tyrant as Faraon, when Quraysh was still as, as arrogant as the people of Aad and Thamud, just like today, just like today, when the Muslims live in Syria with the tyranny of Bashar, with the tyranny of, uh, of Yemen, with the tyranny of Pakistan, with the tyranny of Jordan, with the tyranny of Morocco. This is a time when just like in Quraysh, in Mecca, where you say, let me tell you the fallacies of the society. What's wrong with the society? Because now, it's not my values that are at stake. What's at stake? You are in power, you are in charge, you have the wealth, you have the money. You have the Microsoft, you have the hundreds of billions of dollars. You have the IMF with the trillions of dollars. You have the, the Treasury Bank that every time it pays one dollar to the U.S. government, it puts two dollars in its own account because of that. You guys have the money, you guys have the wealth, you have the power, you have all types of, of, of authority. But let's look, look what you are doing. Look what you are doing. Powerless people, people without power, people without money people without support people without whether physical orphan real orphan or people like the african americans they don't have the backup then let them be deprived go to the southeast of chicago and see how the gutters how the people live in in run down houses you are indian red indian go back to the, the to the pebbles where their barracks or their fences are still around them and beyond five o'clock no one is allowed to go in or, or out from their pebbles. Why? Because we overcame these locals or these indigenous people. What do you do to them? Give them drugs and alcohol and casinos and gambling so they will always be under. Powerless, without power. Look at someone when somebody loses a business, lose the business, lose a company then all the banks, they come from all over this will take his insurance take over his insurance, this will take over his home this will take over his children this will take over enslaving the people while they are still alive when someone goes down the values of the human so they they call about humanity or human rights this is a human, this is insane just like the orphan You need to bring him up. You need to raise him up. You need to support him. You need to provide him with whatever brings him back on his feet. It's not that as we say in Arabic, there is a a saying, when the big camel falls down, then everybody comes with his knife and starts cutting him. Or according to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, when there will come a time when the Muslims will become just like a dish of food, every big power will come and grab part of that food and take a piece of it. عَلَيْكُمْ الْأُمَمْ كَمَا عَلَىٰ قَصَاتِهَا Just like people are inviting one another for a piece of food. That is the values of these ayah. Those are the significance of them at the time. And again, remember, Islam is still new. This is surah number 10. We don't have the entire Quran in front of us. Now we do, but then they did not. This was raising the personality of the people. Shaping up the minds and the mentalities of the Muslims and pointing them guiding them what are the fallacies and the illnesses of the society that you have to expose. You have to expose those illnesses because without exposing them, you will not be able to prevail. Your system, your values, your deen, your your new religion will not have that significant value. What does Islam mean to Bilal? Islam to Bilal means liberty and the freedom. And getting away from Umayyab al-Khalaf. What does Islam mean to the orphans? Islam means to the orphan that Islam is going to come and provide them with the backup and support and will not allow anyone to, to exploit them and to abuse them. What does Islam mean to those who look at the wealth being accumulated in the hand of Abu Sufyan? He has in one of his caravans more than 1,000 camels carrying the... the in fact, the, 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 uh, during the Battle of Badr, most of the caravan that was coming from Damascus, from Sham, when the Muslims, they wanted to, to, to challenge that caravan, was for Abu Sufyan. Everybody in Quraysh was dependent on Abu Sufyan for his food. And of course, Umayyab al-Khalif and the other ones. And then those poor people, they would look at this and say, how can we get food? How can we live? Well, Islam now, Says, yeah, my Islam will mean a lot to you because my Islam will not allow this to prevail. My Islam will not allow those values to be the values of the society. So those ayat that we read here are very important to understand the dynamics of growing a new society, of building a new society. The dynamics of building a group, which are the Muslim, which is the Muslim group. With new ideas, with new thoughts, with new emotions. Totally different from the emotions that was attached, that was built in the society of Mecca. It's not the lust and the zeal for wealth. It's the lust and the zeal for pleasing Allah Azza wa Jal. It's the money if we have it, it's ibtila. It's a test. If we lose the money, again it's another test. If I lose the money and I don't have enough money, I'm not going to go and sell something haram. Sometimes you talk to some people and say, why do you have in your store you sell pork and beer or something? Oh, I say, because if I take him off, if I take the pork and the beer out of my store, my risk will go down. My sales will go down. Now I am selling, they say, I hit on my cash, $3,000 a day. If I take those things, I tried it. Sometimes some people they say, I tried. I took the pork out and the beer out, I barely did on my cash five or six hundred dollars, that's too much, I can't do that so I go back to the haram. That's a mentality that's a mentality. Allah Azza wa Jal He says look, قَدَرَ عَلَيْهِ رِزْقُهُ يَا it's a rizq from Allah Azza wa Jal, He allows that to happen that when you are not doing the haram your rizq may go down, it's possible. But of course if you are doing the halal, your risk can, can go up too. Both ways. But it's how you have to perceive that risk. Allah azawajal giving you the risk, you have to pay the zakah, you have to look after the poor, you have to look after the miskin, you have to look at, after the orphans, you have to look at the status of the Muslims, and all of this. It's not that I, I became rich and from now on you don't see me in the masjid. I am in the masjid as long as I am poor. I get a coffee here, a food here, people help me. But when I'm rich, I have a business. My business now is like Thalaba. One of the people at the time of Muhammad ﷺ in Medina, he asked the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, I am poor. Ask Allah, make dua for me so I become rich. And the Prophet told him, I am worried that if you become rich, you may not be able to handle it. You are handling it good while you are poor. Which means you this is a test, it's bala. But if you become rich, you may not be able to handle it. So Thaluba says, No, no, Ya Rasulullah. Please ask Allah to increase my wealth. And I will be good. So Allah the Prophet وسلم, He made the dua Allahumma fi In a short period of time, his risk starts multiplying. He buys, he sells he, now he has so much cattle, many camels, many horses, many sheep, lots of things then he moved away from Medina because now his wealth is too much and the Medina vicinity is not enough to hold his, his cattle and his, uh, his wealth so he moved a little bit far, then he moved farther because he now he needs more space, then he started losing time not coming to Medina, not coming to the masjid, not praying then they started asking about Thalaba. What happened to Thalaba? Oh, we, we no longer see him in the masjid. He lost it. And the time of Zakah, when somebody went to take the Zakah from him, he said, what Zakah? When he was poor, he was asking for Zakah people to pay him, because he needed the Zakah. Now he is too rich. He is rich. When the zakah man came to his place where he is uh, maybe 10-15 miles from Medina The first question he asked, what zakah? I forgot, he forgot the, the meaning of zakah He told him, remember the zakah that you have to pay for this Then Taliba, okay, I remember He went and found the weakest animals within his sheep and the ones that he doesn't like to sell and no, nobody is going to buy from him I said, okay, take this zakah when the man took it back to the Prophet ﷺ and he saw that, he said هَلَكَ ثَعْلُبَ ثَعْلُبَ lost," and return this back to him إِنَّ la yakbalu illa t'ayb. Allah is good Allah is tayyib tayyib means pure, good he will never accept anything that's not tayyib that's the type of test that's the type of things you are poor, you have to Understand, this is the current situation. Of course, it can change. You can become poor and become rich and the other way around. But either way, it's ibtila. Going back to the origin of the ayah, فَأَمَّا الْإِنسَانُ إِذَا مبتلاه رَبُّهُ That's what we take out of these ayahs. It's the ibtila. It's the test that we look at. It's not the end result. It's not the amount of wealth I have in my pocket. It's not the amount of power I have. I may at some point find myself a president or a leader of a country, okay, there was a time when I was in jail or I was deprived, oops, now I am on top of the, I am in charge. What do you do with this in charge? Once once you are in charge, what are you going to do? You have to apply the rules of Allah Azza wa Jal. You are not going to say, oh, I have to please now America or Britain or Europe so that they will not be mad at me. Don't do that. It's a test whether you are deprived or whether you are in power whether you are poor or whether you are rich, those tests have to be passed. That is the significance of this ayat. I'll stop right here open the floor for discussion. There are more ayat. I'm not going to go through them, the other ones, because they open a new, a new subject in the in the, uh, in the course of the surah. So I'll stop right here and if you have any questions, comments, uh, please go ahead. Any yes, go ahead. What is the first thing that the uh, um, about the illness of the society? What's the, first the first thing about the illness of the society? Oh, uh, we mentioned that it was in, in Surat at the Al Mawuda. That was the first time the first illness which was uh, hit in the Quran, the Mawuda. This is the second one. This is the second one. So this is the second one which talks about So the first one is social in nature The second one is in, uh, economic in nature Now there are other ones Which are, which had to do with the with the elites With the corruption uh, Talked about Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira We mentioned that But as society is concerned The illnesses Al-Maw'udah Which is the burying the child, the daughter alive That was number one in Surat al Takwir, And number two was here in Surat Al-Fajr Yes. try to explain or understand the society or Yeah. That's a good question. And we face this a lot. The illness of the society because uh, when sometimes I talk about let's say capitalism. Capitalism is a corrupt corrupt system in by nature. Economic system. I say this is what's wrong with capitalism that's how capitalism breeds poverty that's the amount the number of poor people who are generated every year because of this accumulation of wealth in the hands of the few and the majority of the people are deprived then someone will come and tell me okay show me what do you have I'm sorry I can't show you what I have I will show you what you are about because you are in charge what I have my model my Islam continues to be a theoretical idea because I don't have a place now just like at the time of the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca he doesn't have a system where his system now can take care of the poor and the poverty so the Quran was for the majority of the time just hitting on the issues hitting on the issues now my Islam in fact uh, I like this uh, a statement by Sayyid Qutb he mentioned in one of his books I think it's uh, called Khasai's Tasawwar al-Islami the the properties of the Islamic uh, uh, perspective what's the Islamic perspective on issues he says it's very strange here is capitalism that's at work and it's generating some problems now you come to me and tell me show me how Islam can fix that Islam will fix the problems that it generates when it's in power because every system once it's implemented there are going to be some errors there can be some errors and then I will be responsible for taking care of those errors my own errors what Islam in the implementation it is possible that someone who is going to be let's say oh since there is Zika there is the public property there is public ownership then I can get all my share so I'm not going to work I will not I will be dependent on the uh, so I'll become lazy that is an error that could happen then once that happens my Islamic system and the rules and the laws will take care of that I have ways of dealing with it but I'm not going to have a ways to resolve the poverty that is generating at a rate at a very high rate on a daily basis have you seen the billboard on the highways that keeps track with the depth of the nation growing by the second and sometimes if you go on your computer you go to google and say find the uh, the clock the depth clock which runs like crazy running i mean it's huge like last probably two weeks ago it was 16.1 trillion dollars today it's 16.6 trillion dollars 0.5 trillion dollars which is 500 billion dollars the debt. Every time the debt goes, there is someone who is going to be poor because of that. I cannot solve that. My system, my system, once it's implemented, will not, will not generate this error. It's an error. It's a defect. So this is the Islamic method. Just like here, Surah Al-Fajr says, "Look, let me tell you what you are." You have absolute lust for wealth. تأكلون التراث أكلا لما You swallow, in fact this is the word تأكل, you are swallowing the wealth you, you feed yourself with money with wealth, putting them in, in big big sacks of, of dollars or accounts, that's a problem I can't simply say okay, let me regenerate these values in the people It's a system, it's a system of capitalism and individualism and liberalism that generates these stupid and bad values It's the system that is not based on the fact that Allah Azza wa is the creator, the Rabb, the Khaliq, the one who provides all the wealth. It's not based on that, so it will generate all these problems. So let me create a system that is based on the fact that Allah Azza wa is the creator, Allah is the Rabb, Allah is the God, let me do that, and let me show you then that my system will not have these problems. So that's what I mean by this is a method in the Quran how to address the issues. I will, not be, I will not be sold cheap and I will not be taken advantage of somebody tell me, oh, you are just talking because you don't have a system. Yeah, I don't have a system, I don't have a model. And my model, once it's implemented, the Prophet ﷺ, his model, his system, it's not even a model. Once he migrated to Medina, the first day he was in Medina, the first day, he said, okay, come over, everybody come over, Ansar and Muhajirin. Let me ask you to do the... F- he still, he doesn't have army, he doesn't, but he has authority. He says, come over everybody here. You Ansar, you are in your towns, you are in your town, you are in Medina, you are doing okay. These Muhajireen, they just came from Mecca, deprived of everything. They left everything behind. They have nothing. So don't call them refugees. Don't them call them with political asylum. These are brothers. These are your brothers and the brothers mean here is a brother from Ansar you are from brother Muhajirin you from Ansar, you have to make sure that your brother from Muhajirin he has enough, enough to live and to proceed in his life do it the way you want and they did it, the man has a big house, splits his house in halves, he has a merchant, he says I have let's say 100 camels, take 50 and I will have 50, you go and trade with your 50 I trade with my 50 that's real. So now he is in charge, so his system works now. In very short period of time, Allah Azza wa Jal, He tells about this situation, He says, Once, you have been you migrated to Medina and you got this victory and this authority and then Allah Azza wa Jal he provided you with the Tayyibat. He provided you with the Rizq. It, it's solved. It is solved. Yes there are problems of Munafiqeen but that's different. You deal with that problem but that's when your system is in charge. When your system is not in charge I will I have the privilege of pointing fingers At the social diseases, the divorce rates, the uh, lesbians, gay marriages, which is outrageous. Uh, The poverty, the poors, the corruption, all of this I will keep. This is what your system does. What does my system do? Once I implement it, I will show you. Yes. Allah uh? is the one who gives authority the And indeed, that's the Yes. From Surah Al-Imran, yes. How do you understand this? Okay. Say, kings kings. That I am. Say Allah, you own all the mulk. You are the one who provide the mulk to whom you ever wish, and you take it away from whom you ever wish. That means is the final result, the final decision, that Faraun will no longer be in charge. It's a decree from Allah. It's a decision. Allah decides that Pharaoh no longer deserves to be a king. Okay? Now the process the process of changing that and making that happen, Allah Azza Himself now, He made that process at the hands of people. So there is a process for it. There is an end result and there is a process. The end result is Pharaoh will no longer be a king. The king of Ad will no longer be the king. It's over. But then the Qur'an now, the same Qur'an like in the, in the ayah where Allah talks about Pharaoh, Allah when he says, we want to make sure that those who are oppressed they will inherit the power of Pharaoh. Then he goes and talks about Musa and how Musa was raised and all of this struggle and the path that Musa has taken by the orders of Allah in order to challenge Pharaoh. Even to the extent that in Surah Taha when Allah tells Musa and, and Harun says, اذهب إلى go to Pharaoh." Wala taniya fi dhikri and don't be don't slow down, go fast. Don't delay things. And Musa was telling the Allah says, This Firaun is oppressive. Inni akhafu, I am afraid, and Aliya I am afraid that he will oppress me and he will he will kill me actually. But still Allah Azza told him, Go and do it. So there is a process that Musa had to go through the challenge to Pharaoh until Allah Azza wa he finally takes his, the, the, the final step and replace Pharaoh and, and take him away so the idea here is the fact that Allah Azza wa that the, the decision that Husni Mubarak must go that's to Allah Azza wa it's not to me But the process of removing Husni Mubarak, and the process of removing Qaddafi, and the process of removing Bashar, or the process of removing King Abdullah of Jordan or Saudi Arabia, that's a process that the people have. Those are orders from Allah as well. Those are orders from Allah. So that is from Allah, he said it, and the process Allah Azza wa Jal also defined it. So we cannot say the fact that Allah Azza wa says, Oh, من من Therefore I will wait until Allah Azza wa takes the mulk out of king uh, such and such. You can do that. Because the same Allah Azza wa who said that ayah, same Allah and same Quran says, Go and work and do the process, do, do the, the, they call it the due diligence process. So that you can achieve that objective. But then the final victory is from Allah Azza wa of course. And that's what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did. The Prophet did not sit in Mecca and say, Oh, Allah Azza wa will take the Mulk away from Quraysh. And told the Sahaba, Just go to Abyssinia, wait until everything happens. He didn't do that. Some of them went to Abyssinia, and some continued to struggle in Mecca and to do the work, the daily work, until Allah Azza wa Enabled them, the Muslims, to come to Medina and build the state and build the army and build and build. Then come back and fight Quraysh many times in Badr, in Uhud, in Al-Khandaq, in Sulh al-Hudaybiyah, in many places until they were able to conquer Mecca. So there is a process. And the process is from the Qur'an. Of course Yeah Look You cannot You the, the, the sovereignty of Allah Sovereignty means The Revealing The right to reveal Laws and orders A rububiyya That's what we said Being a Rabb Is indivisible Is indivisible You cannot divide it You can't say My Rabb My Rabb he orders me and instructs me how to pray Maghrib and Isha. But he does not instruct me how to accumulate wealth and how to use my wealth. You can do the sovereignty is indivisible. Actually, even the liberalists, the, the, liberalist, the secularists from the time of John Jacques Rosso, they realized this fact that sovereignty is indivisible. But of course they thought of sovereignty being in the hands of the public which is fine from their perspective, we know that it's wrong, but from our perspective, the sovereignty of Allah, the fact that Allah is a Rabb, the fact that Allah is a God, the fact that Allah maintains the order of the universe and the order of the people. When Allah says, samai ila wa fil ila. Allah is a God in the sky and He is God on earth. Very, very clear. You can't divide, you can't say, Allah is the God of the heavens and the skies, but the God of the earth is the king. So, meaning that Allah as a Rabb, his control, his authority, his sovereignty, his uh, His right to reveal orders is indivisible. You cannot say it's only for ibadat and for morals and ethics. It's moral, it's ethics, it's ibadat, it's economy, it's social life, it's political life. It's everything. Every type of action, you need a rule, you need a regulation. Where do you get that rule or regulation? You can't do things without rules and regulations. Nothing. You can't, you can't go and sell something in the, here in, the, in this country. You can't just go to the, to the street and start selling. You need an order, you need a rule. Somebody must bring that rule or law. You need a license. Somebody should be able to issue a license based on certain regulations, correct? Every act you do is a transaction that requires a regulation. Where do I get my regulations from? It has to be from Allah Azza wa Whether it's politics or social or ibadat or anything else. It has to be from Allah. And that's what this ayat is about. The first ayat were about power. The second ayat were about money and wealth. And the next ayat are about the deen, about the al-yawm al-akhir. So it's putting them all together Whether it's al الآخر The ibadah Or whether it's the politics Or whether it's the money or It's all from Allah azza Yes What's that? Lecture Lecture, oh What lecture? Tomorrow. Oh tomorrow Tomorrow I have a lecture You're right so we, tomorrow we have a lecture at the Masjid of Bolingbroke. It's Masjid al-Islam, Masjid al-Islam in Bolingbroke. It's on the political system of Islam. And by the way, we have been doing this series of systems just like the series of tafsir we are doing here. We have a series of systems. We did the, social system, the economic system. We did the social system, two parts, part one and part two. And we will have a political system. And I think we will have part one and part two as well because the political system is huge. Tomorrow we will be talking about that, and I will be talking about this issue that I just addressed uh, now, it's like the what's the origin of the so-called Islamic political system, and what's the origin of the so-called democratic, secular, liberal, civil state? What are the, and we'll go into deep into that, where everything originates from, with documentation, with with dalils. So we'll not be just. Hand waving on on issues. So, tomorrow it will be after Salat al Asr, inshallah, just like this time, right? Salat al Asr at 6:30. 6:30, inshallah. Jazakumullahu khayran. Thank you very much, brothers
0: and sisters, and we'll. uh,